Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, Harry Hart from Hartcast Street Furniture has developed a niche in supplying local authorities in both Ireland and the UK. But Harry, I'd like to start the interview by taking you back to 1990 and finding out how you came up with the original idea for the business. Well, basically, I suppose in 1990 and previous to that, I had worked a lot in the family foundry, which well, it was actually owned by a brother of mine, Oliver, and he had a foundry which made cast iron components for mainly for armour salmon bee harvester in Carlo. And it really was an interesting process that you actually could melt down metal, change it into a different design and actually sell it. So it was really recycling at a very early stage. Initially I started off doing cast iron fireplaces as a product and along with a garden type bench. But I knew that we wouldn't be able to survive on that alone. So we uh, developed a whole street furniture range. And how did you identify a specific niche in relation to street furniture? Well, at the time, I was doing cast iron fireplaces. And we knew that from, there's a lot of um, cheap imports starting to come in. Now, we did fireplaces for the best part of 10 years. And there's a lot of cheap imports coming in. And that was putting us under pressure, really. And I knew there wasn't a future in fireplaces. So the street furniture... The problem with design and stuff for trees furniture is that you also nearly have to create the market for it because at that time there wasn't really a market for it. But I knew down the road that this would happen. And it's been a gradual step along the way. So you have to not alone design the product, you actually nearly have to create the market for it as well. So Harry, how did you go about creating the market? Because I presume your clients really are local authorities, are they? Yeah, the clients are local authorities. Well, basically, we came up with a whole a portfolio of products and I literally got into a van or car at the time and drove around to every landscape architect, local authority, north and south, and got feedback. And I was meeting count to count. The more we got into it, the more recognition we got and the more we got to the right people. And we were getting, initially, it was very difficult because, I mean, most street furniture in Ireland was coming from the UK. There was no such thing as a manufacturer here at the time. So we're up against all European and mainly UK companies at the time. I mean, it was very hard to get recognised, but eventually we did. And I suppose as one that would be popular here in Wexford is the key front in Wexford. They're the seats in Wexford. We designed them and manufactured them. It's, they're actually on the key now over 20 years, but our main thing would be design and longevity. And Harry, I'm sure you welcomed the increases in funding for the town and village renewal projects and, of course, the rural and urban regeneration projects by government. Absolutely, yeah. We get an awful lot from those. North and south, now, not just here either, I can tell you. And, I mean, there's, there's towns and villages now. I mean, when I started out initially, you would have someone buying literally maybe two seats, right, for a park. Now they're buying 30 and 40 seats, you know, and planters, for instance. There's urban renewal at the moment, and there's somebody looking for something like 50 planters. Like, this wasn't heard of before. So the whole thing is moving into a different space. And it's encouraging, and it's great to see it happening. But people appreciate these things a lot more, I think, now as well. You know, it, it, it's, it's much, much better, I think. Before, there was kind of a, an excuse of a park, and you shoved in maybe a bench or something like that, and it was supposed to be, you might see one bench at the gate and then go in, another one out in the far side or something like that. But now it's, it, it, it's a much better set up, you know. I mean, they, they, they really do these things. A lot of design work gone into it as well. It's much more professional. 
most of your business now is done through local authorities. Does that mean that you have to tender for those government contracts yeah, when they come absolutely. up? Absolutely. Everything is tendered. Yeah, for instance. Yeah, I mean, we, we, and that gave us a lot of confidence as well because we had done lots of big projects over the time, like Aaron Road, Aaron, all the DART stations, they're all our products. All the stations nationwide, Aaron Road, Aaron, are our products. And they are European tenders. They're not just an Irish tender. They're European tender. So we won those. And that really... I mean, it, it gives us great satisfaction to be able to do that. And funny, like we're only a small company in Clanroach, but so it, it's really encouraging from, you know, when, you, when we see we get a contract, even just recently, they were finishing off more air road air stations countrywide. Like, and they already had product in there for 15 years and they come back again after the 15 years. It's brilliant. And so, and the Lewis then is a part of it as well. They, they have our product, like we're doing metros in Wolverhampton at the moment. Stuff like that is, I mean, it, it's really encouraging, but it, it's been difficult on the way as well, you know. And of course, Harry, many businesses, especially small businesses, have dabbled in tendering for public contracts over the years with little or no success. How yes. have you refined your own skills internally in relation to developing good tenders that win contracts? Well, I think if you have good product, tenders will adapt to your product. Now, and that's probably, it sounds a bit strange, but the reality is, if you have a good enough product, I can tell you, people will, will kind of tailor me, not saying tailor made it, but they will have you or a product like yours in mind. So that is a help, let's say. But you really have to, you have to understand the market. You have to understand what they're looking for. So you're very much of the belief that quality always rises to the top when it comes to public procurement. On that basis, have you entered the UK market and replicated that success there? We have actually, yes, yeah. During the recession, like it was devastating. We were down about 65, 60, 65 percent. And that's, I mean, I at the time, I used to hear people say, oh, geez, we're down 30 percent, 20 percent. And I used to say to myself, I didn't say it out loud, but I used to say to myself, by Jesus, if only it was down 20 percent, it wouldn't be so bad. Like, but we were down 60 percent. So, but we knew we had good products. But the problem was that you needed somebody to buy them. And we, then we tackled the UK at that point. And we got a really good reception, much, much better than anyone would have thought. They're really they're big into lifetime value over there. That's what they want. They want products to last. And our boxes tick that. They tick the recycling part and the lifetime of them. Now, unannounced me, they actually came over to Dublin to check the bins in Dublin. We, we do a thousand bins in Dublin. And they actually, councils over there, like Manchester City Council specifically, came over to check what they were doing in Dublin, known to me, and Dublin gave them a good review on us, and we signed to Manchester and Birmingham first, and then we got the different cities over there, and it's, it, it's, the future is good. I know Brexit is coming and all that, but they're big into that lifetime value. So talk to me specifically about your route into the UK market. Did you go yourself, or did you send a sales rep, or did you take somebody on on the ground over there? Did you appoint a distributor over in the UK market? How did you approach it? Well, I, I basically spent kind of a week, a month in the UK myself. And I went to all the local authorities and I had a display unit. I brought that around just to show exactly what we're doing. And I've got a fantastic reception with it, really. It's much, much better than we thought we would get. Um, and that has worked out. And I suppose some of them had approached as well. You'd be surprised who walks through Dublin at times or someplace like that and they spot the products, like somebody that's interesting at the time. So we had... There was quite a, I'm not saying quite a few, but there was a few councils definitely that actually saw them on the street here and approached us. So it's a much easier process than when that happens. 
And our biggest thing at the moment is resales. You know, councils ringing up and say, I want 20 more bins. And they would say, we'd have the reference of what they got or 20 more bottles or whatever. But it would be generally because they have them in place. They won't, they won't go over there and go into a city council and they buy 200 bins. That's not going to happen. And you have to be realistic about it. If they'll only buy five of them, it's plenty. And then you'll build from that, basically. Have them in there as a reference. And if they outlast us there, they will come back to you. And if it doesn't work, they won't be back to you. And Harry, how important is product innovation within your own business? Absolutely very important. But it, the problem with product innovation, as, some, as I said earlier on, you nearly have to create a market for the new product. And you really have to listen to your customer well as well to see what they're actually looking for. But, and we are developing the whole time. The Kenny Design works with me very closely. And we have put literally thousands and uh, into hundreds of thousands actually into design. And that's paying off. That has paid off big time. But back in the recession times, what happens back there is that councils are somebody who's inclined to go for a cheaper product and just a stopgap. And that has worked good for us now coming forward because all those products have failed and they're all back to us. And we're extremely busy at the moment, which is great. But the product innovation and getting that, is, that's, the, that's the lifeblood of the whole company. Because when we look back at the sales every year, it's always those first few new products that drives the sales a bit. We have actually, we started off with one product, which was a bench basically, but we have 83 products now and we contract them every year, see which ones of them do perform. And Harry, finally, as we look to the future, what are your plans for Harcast Street Furniture? Well, I think like we're really in a good place now, you know, because we, we have really, I, I know we had come through devastation and then we really got from like from 2009 to 15 or 16, it was difficult had picked up. I know COVID has come along now and kiboshed it a small bit, but people generally expect better facilities for greenways or parks or something. We just did Min Ryan Park there recently as well. So I think the future is very bright for Hardcast and, and we have good, the design has stood to us and that's the future. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Harry Hart from Hardcast Street Furniture and I'd like to thank Harry for joining me on this morning's programme and I wish the business continued success for the next 30 years. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.